1: Foss Corporation, LLC.
0: I experienced things that I'll always remember and that changed my life forever. We began noticing activity in the house about a month after we moved in. Um, Little things that could easily be explained away, but later we realized was more significant to the experiences we were going to have. We'd come home from my mother's house one night and had gone upstairs and in the nursery we had a lot of stuffed animals up on the shelves and when I walked into the room all the stuffed animals had been taken off the shelves and put in a circle on the floor with one teddy bear directly in the center. Uh, we put all the teddy bears back. We. All went down the stairs together. By the time we hit the bottom stair and looked up, the light switch came on in the room. That took us by a little bit of surprise. We went back up the steps, we opened the door, and the teddy bears were back on the floor. We put them back up again. We go back down the stairs, turn off the light. Sure enough, by the time we hit the bottom stair, the light's back on. So we go back up. This time, one teddy bear's off the shelf and placed right in that same spot scared us to death to experience something like that your brain really starts to rationalize was there any way they could have fallen off on their own how did they get in that perfect circle Uh, when you run out of rationalizations it just frightens you and nobody really wanted to speak anything about it being paranormal um, because it's a scary thing when you've never experienced anything like that (laughs) This is Don and this is
1: Lainey and we're Specter Waves Paranormal and we love listening to Aaron Hunter on Real Paranormal Activity Podcast. Welcome I'm Aaron Hunter purveyor of paranormal stories the occult and the unexplained welcome to RPA I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here and Britt is currently away due to this whole COVID-19 thing And it is Monday, June 29th, 2020, episode 233 How is everyone out there around the world doing? And man, it's great to be back in the hot seat Uh, As far as announcements are concerned This uh, Tuesday is a brand new episode of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Frail I think he's going to do a review of a series I don't know if it's on Hulu or Netflix yet But I always like his reviews, they're always fun to listen to and this Wednesday, there will not be a Terry's Mysterious Moments. He's uh taking the week off. So, Terry, you know, enjoy your time off. And this Friday, though, all the brand new video episodes are coming out. Yes, yeah, the first Friday of every month. And if you guys haven't heard yet, we have decided to open up a new category on a network called Entertaining Short Films. Yeah, indie stuff. Hopefully, we'll get some more paranormal stuff in there. But just... uh short flicks with a little twist at the end or maybe just something entertaining we just want to add some more content for you guys to watch or you know maybe in the future we'll add some more podcasts as well but just continue to grow the network and as we get ready to uh, release that new category, we're going to be releasing the short films uh, slowly, maybe one a month. So far, we have seven short films already set up. But well, it's going to be a slow process, so, you know, bear with us. And of course, we'll make an announcement when a new film is released. And July is right around the corner. Summer is here, guys. But, uh, you know, this whole COVID 19 over here in the States, I am staying away from uh, crowds. (laughs) um, I'm watching what is happening. You know, as I mentioned last episode, there's some states that are reclosing themselves up. They seem to be having a spike of some sorts, right? More cases, a lot of cases. So I'm just keeping an eye on things. And, you know, Britt's staying safe as well, she's doing well. And she sent an email with her packet, so we have more listener stories for this episode. And it seems that uh, quite a few people are requesting to be on the show. So if you're listening, guys, we will be back with you uh, by email. We're just going to weed through, and we'll be in contact with you soon if you want to be on the show. And as far as everyone else out there, if you do want to be on the show or if you want to share your own experiences, send them to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com and I'll read your story off in a future episode. Or if you want to come on the show for an interview, we'll be back with you. And I think that's all. Yeah, we should have something here this week that uh, hopefully something you guys will enjoy. So with that, let's get on with the show. And you know what that means. Oh, yeah, man. Two- the story didn't find this way No pushing, no shoving And the fans are going nice and cool in here And you guys know the deal Grab a beanbag over there in the corner Find an empty spot on the floor And don't forget to grab a popsicle Oh yeah, you gotta have a popsicle While you listen to some ghost stories And while you guys are doing that I'm gonna get behind my desk here, as always And get comfy here And I print off Bert's Thank Take Britt break. let's see what we got here Ah, medium, medium, and the long one here. All right. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Just got to wet the lips, and it's so good when it touches the lips. All right. Yeah, keeping an eye out on this whole COVID-19 thing, guys. You know, just watching it. <laughs> the riots seem to have stopped, so we'll... Yeah, it seems like a calm before the storm, but we'll see what happens. All right, the first one. This one is by Cass, and it's titled Boarding School. Okay, Cass, let's see what you got, man. When I was 16 or 18 years old in high school, I lived in a boarding school in a little village outside Arhas, Denmark. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Alright, continuing on. The school was quite old, and I learned that before the buildings were opened as a school, there used to be a huge farmhouse on the property, right around the 1600s. The farmhouse burned down, and after some years, the school was built. Over the years, more buildings were added, but the main building always stood as the day it was built in 1917. I didn't believe in ghosts before I moved to the school, but I definitely do now. Even though the only experiences I had was at the school almost 20 years ago. In the 1960s, there were rooms on the third floor of the main building, but after two young girls died there, the rooms were closed off and two new wings were built. One for girls and one for boys. There is absolutely nothing in those tiny rooms in the main building anymore. I've been up there once with one of the teachers because my friends and I kept saying that we saw a girl dressed in white looking at us from one of the little windows. This happened frequently in the evenings when we were coming back from riding or swimming. We used to see a candle burning behind her and her just standing there watching us. The teacher finally took us up there one evening, and true enough, except for spiders and dust, there was absolutely nothing there, and it was very clear that no one has been up there for years. We kept seeing the girl in the window, and even though I haven't been back since I left, I'm sure she is still there. Some of my friends also used to hear horses in the night behind the main building. Even though they rushed to the windows, they saw nothing, but heard the horses as they were passing just below the windows. But the scariest experience happened in my dorm room one night. The rooms were placed like this. From the long main corridor doors led to small halls, kitchenettes, where we had closets, a sink, and two chairs. From the hall, two doors led to two rooms. My room was on the left, and my friends on the right. Our rooms were on the third floor and at the very end of the corridor, right by the stairs. One night, I was asleep and my friend was out drinking. Something woke me up, and straight away I thought she came back drunk and was loud in the hall. I opened my eyes and listened, but heard nothing. I looked towards my door, which was closed, and saw it open slowly. I still thought it was my friend, so I sat up in my bed waiting for her to come in, but then a little gray girl appeared. She was about seven to eight years old, with long hair and a dress from the beginning of the 1900s, and she was all gray. I froze and just stared at her and she stared at me. She didn't smile, didn't say anything. Just kept looking at me. After a few seconds, I panicked and closed my eyes and hid under the blanket. I didn't know how long I was lying there under the blanket, but the next thing I heard was footsteps on the stairs, doors opening and my drunk friend fiddling with her keys. At that time, I was really scared, but since then, I have experienced absolutely nothing. And now, I feel sorry that I didn't speak to the little girl or to the one in the main building. Thank you for reading my story, and I love the show. And that's from Cass. Hey, Cass, thank you very much for uh, sharing your story. Yeah, you know, a lot of things happen that way. Uh, I never believed in the paranormal myself until I went to the farmhouse. Uh, the old timers know my story, but yeah, uh, Minnesota. I, uh, yeah, it, it turned out to be haunted. <laughs> and that was the only place that I've ever experienced anything paranormal. Uh, so I get that. You know, a lot of people, you know, they have uh, that one experience in their life that, you know, it's either like a head scratcher or they just don't know. You know, grandma's house, that one time, that sort of thing. And uh, the rest of your life, you never experienced anything uh, unusual like that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I get how, you know, you woke up, you're groggy. I was thinking to myself, what would I do? You know, and the, in your case, the door opens and all of a sudden you see this small girl. would you say? Seven to eight years old, long hair. Yeah, all gray no expression just staring at you um yeah you had to been groggy probably wasn't too sure of what you were seeing i can uh, i can understand that here's a here's a quick story for you in regards to you know waking up all of a sudden in the middle of night maybe seeing something weird not sure what to make of it i think i told this story before it's it i'll make it quick hopefully i won't ramble on too much but i think the old timers might remember it uh had it been maybe in season two i told this real quick maybe not but uh uh at the condo uh you know i have a dog for for one he's a medium-sized dog whatever 25 30 pounds he's like a miniature doverman pincher you know he has a you know the the perked up ears but they're not cut they're natural uh you know his snout his face is like a Doberman Pinscher. You know, he's a pretty handsome dog, and you know his name is Red. His he has uh, a very light tan, orangish type of fur, so you know I call him Red. Well, one evening, this was years ago. This was before I even got into the paranormal. I was a complete skeptic, so I wasn't even thinking anything ghostly when this happened. But you know, whatever. Early morning, one a.m. I don't know what time it was, but I know it you know had him in late 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 or early morning hours and you know red he i hear him barking you know i wake up dead sleep i'm groggy you know sleepy you know i just lay there i just keep on hearing him barking of course i can't get back to sleep and i he's in the hallway so you know i get up it's pitch black you know, I reach for the light, turn on the light, and I walk down the hallway. And there he is, standing, not standing, but, you know, he's right there in the middle of the hallway. And he's looking up at the wall to the right, you know. And he's just there, looking up, barking at the wall. And I'm, you know, I'm groggy, tired. The light is on in the hallway. I'm just watching him. And, you know, I'm starting to yell at him, hey, be quiet. You know, I'm trying to sleep here. I'm grouchy you don't want to wake me up (laughs) and and so I'm just he doesn't listen to me he keeps on barking at the wall and so I look at the wall and uh, I'm looking at where he's looking and he's looking at this uh, this cloth type of tapestry I got that's artsy fartsy type of thing and it has bells at the bottom of this cloth tapestry and it's pretty wide I don't know two feet long two two feet wide maybe two and a half feet long it's made out of cotton and i remember i um i bought it at a thrift store i was looking at like area rugs at one point in time and i didn't want to buy a new area rug i figured i'd just get it dry cleaned and see what i can find at a thrift store you know something in good shape and I found this area rug and I unrolled it and this thing was rolled up inside of it and I looked at it and I looked at it it's handmade, you know and so I just I liked it I said, yeah I'll hang it up on a wall and I remember there was no price tag on it so I just went and got it and they said they just said hey, you know give us two bucks for it I think that's what I paid for so two dollars so here's this thing he's barking at it I'm looking at it middle of the night and I see it it's moving right and left, very slowly, I'm just staring at it, and he's barking at it and I just look at it, and then I just uh, I just tell Red to shut up some more, and all of a sudden he's quiet he looks at me, and I say, hey, let's go back to bed and that's it so I can understand the whole groggy thing you know, you just wake up and I remember I just thought to my I didn't think it nothing of it, I just looked at it, and I think I just thought to myself, uh, you know, that's weird, it's moving, right And again, I'm not into the paranormal at this point in time in my life. So I go back to sleep. I wake up in the morning. And, you know, I'm making my coffee. Back then I was drinking coffee. It was seven cups a day coffee, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I'd be sitting at my desk at work and the beads of sweat would be on my forehead. I was so jacked up on caffeine. (laughs) That was before my green tea days. And so... I just remember as I'm making my coffee, I remember, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and I I just thought, hey, that's kinda weird, you know? And again I didn't think nothing of it. I went back and I looked at you know, I just looked at the tapestry. Yeah, it's still there, it's still hanging, didn't fall down or anything and Yeah, it's fine. It's it's there. Uh no rubbing marks on the paint on the wall or anything like that. So I walk out into the foyer going out to my car to go to work and the foyer to the building I'm on the first floor, by the way, on the condo. And it's a seven-story building. And uh, it's just packed. Usually there's a few people there, you you know, leaving for work. But, I mean, there's like a crowd there. And as I'm weaving through the crowd, I'm overhearing, yeah, I felt sick, yeah, you know, I had to run to the bathroom, I vomited, and I kept on hearing these sickly stories. And... I just stopped and I started talking to one of the people there. I said, "What's going on?" I go, "Don't you know?" I go, "No, no what?" And basically, what it turned out to be is there was a slight earthquake early in the morning. You know, at that time, so the building was rocking. I'm on the first floor, so you know, I didn't feel anything hardly, of course. That tapestry. That's why that tapestry was moving ever so slightly right and left. Well, can you imagine being on the top floors, like the seventh floor, and it's, you know, the building's made to move because obviously that's that way it doesn't just fall apart whenever the earth is shaking. Uh, so you're swaying way up there on the seventh floor, and yeah, these people are saying they woke up in the middle of the night, they just felt queasy and sick to their stomach, you know, motion sickness. So that's what it was. But it just goes to show you, you know, even I, when I wake up, I can understand you waking up, you see that ghostly figure of a child. Maybe you just didn't really, you know, realize what you're looking at. But it sounds like you got scared and you went underneath the covers. So, (laughs) but yeah, I get it. All right, I'm rambling on. Sorry about that. Hey, Cass, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. An old boarding school, huh? In Denmark. Uh, Thank you again for sharing. Okay, what's next? What do we got here? This one is by Spirit, and it's titled Grandma's House. Okay, Spirit, let's see what you got, man. First, I will say my great-grandmother has lived in the same house for over 50 years, and this took place in this house just over a week ago. My mother and dad came down from Missouri for an important eye appointment and decided to stay at my great-grandmother's home while she was away. I decided it was absolutely wonderful and spent the entire week with both of them over there. Around 8.31 evening, I decided I needed to get some fresh air and take a smoke break. I wouldn't feel right smoking in her home since she has never been a smoker. I stepped out on the front porch, without the light on, because I don't like the idea of someone or anyone being able to see me, and I can't see them. I'm scanning the yard and the street, and over to the left of the yard, between a pecan tree and my parents' car, I see a shadow of a little girl standing there. The girl's shadow looked like she had a wide-brimmed straw hat and a poofy dress on. She was approximately three feet high. I took a step forward to get a better look, and she stepped back. I froze for a second. I truly figured it was anything other than what I was seeing. But at that moment, I was shocked. She continued to stand there, and then faded after a few moments. I had absolutely no idea what to think of this. I wasn't scared, just shocked at what I'd witnessed. Later that night, keeping the earlier event to myself, I was laying down in one of the spare rooms, my mother and dad in the living room. The bed was too soft for their backs, and the couch was firm enough to comfort them. We all had decided to call it a night around 9pm, and were asleep for a couple of hours when I heard this beeping sound coming from the kitchen. It sounded like my mother was pressing the buttons on the microwave. I figured she was warming up her coffee. She's legally blind, so it takes her a little longer. I told myself if she doesn't get it around the third try, I will get up and help her out. Third try comes around, and I head for the kitchen. She and my dad are sound asleep, and the beeping is still going on. I make it to the kitchen and the beeping stops. I look around and I can't find anything that would cause it to go off. I check inside the microwave, the oven, everything. I start to walk out of the kitchen and the beeping starts up again. I jump and almost pee my pants because the sound seem to vibrate the kitchen. I turn around and I see the oven timer is going off. The microwave is beeping at the same time. Their dogs start going crazy, hair standing on end, and my dad jumps up, asking me what's going on. I said I don't know. The appliances are acting weird. After being asleep and then being scared, that's literally all I could say. After a few minutes, the microwave and oven stop making the beeping sounds, and I head back to bed. The rest of the night was restless. I kept hearing little light footsteps running up and down the carpeted hallway, someone opening the bathroom door, and short (laughs) giggling in my grandmother's room. That was the only night out of the entire week anything out of the ordinary happened. Love the podcast. And that's from Spirit. Spirit, man, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. Did I just mention uh, people experiencing things, uh, you know, at Grandma's house <laughs> way back when? Yeah. I don't know about the whole beeping thing, though. Yeah, I've heard of appliances and noises in the kitchen. Actually, this, yeah, come to think of it, we do get quite a few stories of just noises in the kitchen, keeping Uh, Kitchen cabinet doors opening, closing, that sort of thing. You know, dishes making sound like uh, someone's doing the dishes in the sink. You know, things like that. I think this is the first time I've ever heard of uh, the timer on the oven and also the microwave uh, beeping away as if someone's pressing the buttons on it. Yeah, that would have freaked me out. I think I would have (laughs) left. You old timers know me. I uh, I wouldn't stay there. I probably would have jumped outside and uh, gather my wits about me at least, and start thinking it through. Because, uh, yeah, that would have bothered me. <laughs> but oh well, I'm glad you uh, you just went back to bed. Interesting stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised you uh, left like that. You had to have talked to your grandmother when she got back, or at least you know you guys left there after a week. You said you staying there. Yeah, did you give Grandma a call? and say, hey, Grandma, tell me about the house. Now, that's a story I want to (laughs) hear. But, yeah, this is a cool story, too. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, cool stuff. All right, what's next? What do we got? This one is by Hopping, and it's titled, Wartime Ghost. Okay, Hopping. Let's see what you got, man. For the record... I am describing historical events to set the background and not trying to shame any parties of World War II. This is not my personal experience, but an event told by my grandmother. She is still around a perky 90-year-old lady. She told me about her experience when she was young, but for obvious reasons is not able to share the story herself. She was in her teens when World War II rolled over Latvia. At that moment, it was a tug of war between the ally and Nazi forces and since the front line changed a couple of times, they experienced alternating waves of Nazi army and USSR army with all the carnage they brought. In those turbulent times, my grandmother was living in the countryside and her family was hiding their Jewish neighbors, an elderly couple, in their basement. Hiding Jews in those times was dangerous business. If you were to be discovered, you'd be shot on spot along with the people you tried protecting. Normally, my grandmother lived with her mother, father, and brothers, however, the temporary Nazi government had forced all the able-bodied men to join the ranks of soldiers. Her father and brothers were no different. On this particular evening, it had been two days since her father and brothers were summoned And her mother had gone to the train station to bid them farewell before they were transported to the training camp near Riga. My grandmother was alone at home, not to mention the people in the basement. She was preparing gruel porridge on the stove. At a certain moment, she felt like she was not alone and she turned around and called to her mother. It was getting dark and she was expecting her mother to come back soon. However, no one replied, so she continued her work. After a while, she again felt that someone was looking at her. This time, she went to investigate for fear of having burglars at home. She came back empty-handed and went on to put the porridge into a bucket for their neighbors. Yes, I know it sounds uncivilized now, but take into account it was 1940s wartime countryside and they had to be discreet. The entrance to the basement was located outside the house, and bringing bowls and cutlery there would have looked suspicious. She was finishing her work in the kitchen area and bent down to pick up the bucket, her back facing the door that was the exit to their house, when she felt a sudden chill run through her. She felt a presence behind her, She was scared because someone had snuck in without her knowing and her family was hiding Jewish people in their home. It was not unusual for the neighbors to report each other to get benefits from any standing government in those times. Any unusual activity could be reported. A bucket of porridge is too much for a household that now has only two people. Gingerly, she let go of the handle of the bucket and straightened out to look the intruder in the face. To her surprise, there was nobody there. The only thing that was off was a smudge on the door that had not been there before. It looked as if the bottom of the door had burnt and all the soot had accumulated in the center of the door. Mind you, the door had not burnt. Her first thought was getting the soot off the door before her mother returned. She was afraid that her mother would think my grandmother had been playing with fire and would scold her. She reached for the cloth to wipe the smudge, and when she turned around, it was gone. My grandmother blinked, making sure she was not seeing things, as the only source of light in those times was candles. She put the cloth down and reached for the bucket of porridge again. When she looked at the door, the smudge was back. But this time, it was moving. It was wavering at the edges as if the particles of soot were lifting off the door surface and bellowing around the edges of the smudge. My grandmother took the candle and held it closer to the spot to see it better. Uh, mind you, Her hand trembled, and she did not dare get too close to that door. The shape stayed there and was not affected by the flickering of the candle. It seemed like the light did not reflect off the surface of the smudge. Uh, Suddenly, my grandmother got angry. She is temperamental like that, even now. She thought, God, help me. and put the hands on her hips and said angrily, You either help me or get out. Within a blink, the smudge was gone, and so was the odd feeling. She did not consider it a ghost, but rather a pestilence, which would be a mischievous nature spirit that could be harmful at times, or a spell cast by a witch. She did not relay the events to anyone else in the household, though. At that moment, they had other things to worry about. As far as she remembers, the pestilence had not made itself known again. For the record, my grandmother's brothers survived the retreat of the Nazi army, but were later sent to Siberia by the USSR government for helping the Nazi army. No one cared that they were forced to do it. A couple of years later, one of her brothers returned so ill that she believes he had been sent home to die. As for the people they were hiding in the basement, they left when the Nazi forces had left the area for fear of what the USSR officials might do to them. The last of what she knows about them is that they were leaving to the capital, Riga, and from there taken a boat to then liberated Sweden. Grandmother has never heard back from them though. She fears that they might have perished on the way. I hope you enjoyed the story keep up the good work and that was from Hopping, Hopping thank you very much for sharing that, that's interesting I uh, I'm an amateur uh, historian myself, I mainly ancient cultures and civilizations but yeah World War I, World War II yeah, those times were uh, unusual indeed and you know, I always like different cultures take on the paranormal you know, whatever it might be over here in the west we just call it ghosts you know demons the middle east a demon could be a gen um, you know of course native american indians they have all kinds of uh, spirit animal guides, that sort of thing and now we got this uh which is a nature spirit over there huh ussr area yeah interesting stuff And it just looked like a smudge in the center of the door. But then it started to... It almost sounds as if, uh, like, heat coming off of a roadway on a hot summer's day, right? Kind of wavy. Hmm. Interesting stuff. And it never made itself known. So your grandmother never really knew what it was. But then she says um, it felt like a presence a couple of times. Before she saw the smudge So yeah, she got this odd feeling Interesting stuff, don't know man First time I've ever heard of anything like this Uh, Thank you very much for sharing Great story And that is it That's all that's in Brit's packet Hey guys, as always Thank you very much for uh, joining us here on the network Thank you for uh, listening We are very flattered Thank you uh, to everyone that is a premium member Really helps out the show and the network we use it to pay the bills and also don't forget the rpa free app just do a search in your app store for real paranormal activity the podcast network and download it for free it also has video capability and if you want to become a premium member it's only three dollars and 99 cents a month cancel anytime. as i said it helps us support the show and we think it's a very fair price you get hours upon hours upon hours of content You get the previous RPA listener story episodes, bonus episodes, interviews, even audiobooks of folklore from countries, cultures around the world. And all you need to do is just go to realparanormalactivity.com, big old button there, get premium access, and just set up your own account. Or if you have the RPA app, you can sign up through there, you can log in through there too. And just a friendly reminder, this Friday is the all-new video shows coming out. Tuesday's brand new show of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Frail. And then this Wednesday there will not be a brand new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments. He's just taking the week off. We'll see him next week. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and, and As also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and...